Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, What I Wish I Knew as an NQT slash ECT, with me, Jeremy Crook. This is a show where my guests and I will share with you our experiences, both good and bad, of life as an NQT. I'll be talking to those new to teaching as well as those who've spent a lifetime educating children. And one thing you can be sure of, they will all have something interesting and informative to say on the art of being a great teacher. Today, I'm talking to Lorraine Wilkinson-Rouse. Lorraine always wanted to be a teacher, but never thought she was clever enough. After leaving college, she worked as a TA in a reception class then as a nursery nurse within a preschool, and then went back to being a TA before starting her skip training. Now here she is, having completed one whole term of being a real clever enough teacher. (laughs) Lorraine, well done for qualifying. Well done for getting through the first term. And thank thank you you for sparing the time to chat to me, because I know Uh you've got a big day tomorrow. Yes, we've got art day tomorrow, so that's going to be fun with 30 little reception children. Hey, wow. And what artist are you studying tomorrow? We're looking at Kadinsky and doing circles in different formats. So we've got pastels, paints, cutting and sticking, and then they've got to go on a hunt around the classroom to find some circles to draw around to make their own interpretation of a picture. Oh, brilliant. That's going to be fantastically chaotic, isn't it? Yeah, that's what early years and a Friday is all about, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I'm not sure that it's only Fridays, though. Maybe any day. I just used to love the chaos of reception. When I was a head teacher and feeling miserable, I used to go down there and it was just so good because they were learning so much. And it yeah. looked chaotic, of course. It was so productive and so and valuable. Hands-on learning, definitely. That's it. The way forward. hundred percent. Oh, you'll have to tell me how that goes then. Because, I will uh, do. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. So what's all this stuff? You said you didn't think you were clever enough. Oh, be serious, will you? <laughs> Where did you get that idea from? Well, when I left school, I, I'm a slightly... Uh, later to the profession, we may say, Um, I did my NNEB training and a so-called friend once said that I wouldn't be clever enough because I haven't been to university. No. Um, Is is that person still a friend? No. No, I should hope (laughs) not. Um, What's the matter with people saying things like that? I don't know. She was. She was clever enough and she went off to university. Boring. And she's she's a teacher now. I wouldn't want to be in her class. God, (laughs) blimey, she'd constantly tell you you're not good enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just kind of put it on the back burner. I have been with my husband since I was 15, so we kind of got a house, got married, had children, and then I thought, actually, let's look into it. Um, so I had to redo my maths, English and science GCSE and I completed those while doing an open university degree, um, which I did as a full-time student. So it took me, well, I took four years to do my degree and working full-time as a TA in a reception class, being a mum and a wife and completing my forest schools level three training. So wow, you just you like being a... busy then, don't you? Yeah, I like to be busy. I can't sit still and do nothing. But <laughs> I can always say that I'm a determined person. And when I want to do something, I put my heart and soul into something to complete it. So. Well, that's the only way to do it, isn't it? 
Totally. That's the only way because because it what's the point of doing anything if you don't totally commit to it? I'm quite interested in autobiographical stuff and read interesting stuff by successful people, not celebrities. I haven't got a lot of time for mm-hmm. them, but but people, mm-hmm. you know, have struggled and strive to be the best they can and they're inspirational things. And they all say, You gotta work hard. You don't totally. achieve anything without anything good without really struggling to do it. And, and you know, footballers, I used to love football. I look at some of them now and they get paid ludicrous amounts of money. But crikey, they've worked hard. Mm. You're going to be that good at anything, aren't you? You've worked really hard. Yeah, my daughter's year six teacher once said, the harder you work, the luckier you will become. And she left primary school. Oh, she's going to be 21 this year, so a few years, and that stuck with me. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's so true, isn't it? Uh, totally. Arnold Palmer, the great golfer, used to say, uh, or it might have been Gary Player. Anyway, it was one of those two. And they said, the harder I practice, the luckier I get. That's it. It's just about hard work. A friend of mine's an actor, and he, he came to that very late in life mm-hmm. after another whole career. And he, he said, most of it, he said, you've just got to work hard. Yeah, if you want to be a world superstar, you've got to have something pretty special. But if you just work hard, you can make a career out of whatever you want, whatever yeah. you're, well, back to what you said, however clever you are. Yeah. Because um, actually, innately, we're all clever. You've just got to work hard to, to make the yeah. most of what you've got, haven't you? And it, has, it hasn't been all plain sailing. I mean, I uh, finished my degree when COVID first started, so hopefully I should get my graduation this year. That would be um, nice. I, yes, fingers crossed. Um, sadly, I lost my nan during my degree. I could see the end goal and I wanted it, and I'm still absolutely loving it, loving it now. So all good. Yeah, that's so good. That's what we want to hear. You think then that uh, if you've got a dream, go for it. Totally. No matter what age it is. I mean, I'm early 40s. um, You didn't have to tell us that. I'm (laughs) early 60s. There we go. I'll balance it out. Well, you definitely don't look. (laughs) You're so kind. Um, yeah, so just follow your dreams. Life's too short. You get one life and you've got to live it to the max. So if you can, do it. Exactly. And live it to the max means get married, have children, be a wife, take your math, science and English GCSEs whilst completing your open university degree and working full time. I think that's as good a definition as we could have of live it to the max. <laughs> Don't think I could really put much more into it during no. the six, so, seven so, years. <laughs> So you said, you know, you're a bit sort of, am I clever enough type thing, but did you feel confident during your training that you would Definitely. be successful as a teacher? Um, yes. There was some bit, if because obviously all of my, when I was an LSA and a TA, they've always been in the reception class. So I always felt confident if I was put in a reception class, I would th- like flourish doing it. I always felt a bit nervous of going in maybe to year one or year two. Key stage two at the moment doesn't appeal to me, um, but never say never. No. <laughs> but at the moment, I like the younger years. Um, that's where my passions lie, my experience. On the flip side, if I did my skit again, I'd have probably maybe gone into year one or year two for my main placement to get more experience and learn how their planning system works because I knew how to do it in reception yeah so but 
I'm I'm fortunate enough that I've got a job in reception and I'm loving it. So it all worked out good for me. It but sure yeah. did. It so was, how it, was it when you walked into into your class for the first time as the teacher in charge? I'm sure you've been in charge of classes before. Yeah. But did it have a different feeling when you were actually the teacher? I don't think it's still really sunk in properly. Right. I'm still sometimes look over my shoulder as much as say, somebody else coming in to take <laughs> over? And then I go, oh, no, it's me. <laughs> and then it was a report that somebody had written because I had a rep- um, had a meeting with a parent and it had my name and then in brackets it said class teacher. Hey, nice. And that just felt really surreal, like I'm actually a teacher. I've done it and I'm living it. So, yeah, it, it did feel quite strange, obviously, going into a brand-new school um, with these parents that are leaving their little babies as such mm. with you for the very first time and you're in charge of all these and I've got such a lovely relationship with them all. So the, ner- the nerves are still sometimes there, but I think it's good to be still a little bit nervous because it just makes you human, I think. Oh, 100%. And it's a, not- daunting, it's a daunting job, isn't it? Because yeah, and every day, every is, day so is different. different. Yeah, snap. Um, <laughs> That's what makes it so daunting. I spoke to someone some months ago and on the podcast, and he said, uh, he said that the challenge is he said you're making hundreds of micro decisions Mm. every single day. And he said, and he said, that's the challenge, really. It's not, it's not the planning, it's not being organized, it's just all these little decisions, and you're never quite sure if they're a hundred percent the right ones. Yeah, and thinking on your feet and like we spoke in our training, that if something's not working, don't flog it. Mm. Don't flog a dead horse type of thing. Just think, actually, it's not working and have that quick split decision that I'm going to quickly change it. For example, this week, maths, it wasn't going as quiet as it was planned. I looked at the children, they looked slightly confused. So obviously reception, you have got that little bit of fluid time that you can Mm. kind of, right, we're going to finish, finish now. And then I pulled them back to the carpet a little bit later and I tweaked it and everything. So, yeah, thinking on your feet and don't be afraid to to kind of change things if you need be. Just because it's written down doesn't mean to say that you've got to do it. No, that's really important. Don't, don't, you said there, don't flog a dead horse. You know, it's, <laughs> it's time to just, we're just going to take stock. Like you say, it's really important that you do that. And it's nice that you've got a bit of flexible time in, in reception, but I think mm. you've got to do it anyway, haven't you? I was teaching year five when I was an NQT. And much as you had a slightly tighter timetable, perhaps because there were hall times and all this sort of thing, you've still got to do it. There's no point confusing everyone. I was going to say it confuses the children, confuses Mm. you. And it's a bit like when the air hostesses are panicking and you think, oh no, that's when you need (laughs) to. Is when you look at your LSAs and they go, what are you talking about? And it's like, okay, we'll just scrap this. But. On the plus side, it wasn't just me. The planning had been done by somebody else. And the other reception teacher was just like, how did your lesson go? Mine was terrible. I was like, oh, <laughs> you, mine was terrible too. <laughs> I mean, but that's so, nice to hear, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Because I, I say to everyone, you don't ever get perfection in teaching. No. You know, probably I can count the lessons on one hand where I thought, I'm not sure I could have done that any better. Mm-hmm. And that's in 40 years one yeah. hand's worth of lessons where you thought, crikey, that was good for every child. Because yeah. getting it right for 30 is, is so immensely difficult, isn't it? 
yes definitely all the different needs and abilities and mm. just their attention spans as well especially being like four and five some mm. can sit there for a nice length of time and others you've got to grab them and hook them in as soon as you start talking otherwise they're kind of you never get them back until the next time no. <laughs> no, that's right so what about the learning curve then during training that's pretty steep isn't it how's yes. it been for you now you're teaching full time uh it's quite nice to kind of just focus on the teaching obviously you've still got your marking and your planning but it's a I think it's an easier balance now because you're not having to think about your um assignments or anything skip related mm. um so I have found it a quite a healthy balance oh good yeah but the, as for the learning curve I mean I am still learning I've learned still so much just at how a different school works how they're planning and how they get themselves prepared I mean obviously the ECT is over a two-year time like a two yeah year how are you finding that it's okay I mean I'm with someone called Ambition institute for my training so i have a coach that i see once a week so she just does like a drop-in 15 minute observation on me and then we have feedback and then i have a more formal observation once every half term um my mentors really really or my coach is really really good and we have that time every single week without fail she will find that time for me but because she's also the early years lead in the school, we often have um, like little catch ups after school. Yeah. So it's not like I'm left completely on my own. We're we're forever talking, and everything. But yeah, no, I'm still learning, and I think I will still continue to learn if I'm in a different school, different year group. Yeah, you will. So you're early forties. Yeah. You've got another twenty five years or so of being <laughs> a teacher, stroke head teacher in due course. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I mean, if you want to do it, of course, that's the that's the key thing. But obviously, you'll keep learning all the time because I still teach. Yeah. I was teaching today to trainee teachers, but still things where you think, oh, I could have done that better, could have done that better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about some of the things that you've found most important after a term of being a real clever enough teacher. <laughs> uh, the must-dos according to Lorraine. Okay. What have you what have you thought of? What are the things that particularly uh, have come to mind? Be prepared, definitely. Uh, I set my classroom up the night before, so everything's ready. I've even started the last couple of weeks setting all my tabs up on my computer and then put the computer to sleep. Oh, and then nice. when you turn it on the next morning, all your tabs are already open and ready just in case you're late in or you get caught in traffic or you're not in your classrooms all set up for whoever may be taking those until a cover turns up or if it's your LSA everything's all ready for them so yeah I, I found that so important when I was an NQT like you say it just takes the stress you're not rushing around in the morning no. you're calm you're mentally prepared and especially if you've got photocopier issues, if everything's photocopied <sighs> and everything's done for the day, you're not then running around kind of in your lunchtime trying to get everything done. No, the photocopier queue, the deadly, it was a bit like, like you say, being late in a traffic jam. You get yeah. in and then there's a queue as long as the traffic queue for the photocopier. And then you go, are you going to be long? Yeah, I've got no. Okay, and I'm going say, to buy the other one. That's <laughs> it. I've only started 200 copies of a five-page yeah. booklet. <laughs> oh, good. That's all right, then. Uh, 
okay i'll come back thursday yes um, yeah blimey um my yeah second... so that's a really good one yeah so what's the next prepared. one don't leave your marking and sticking in till the end of the week it's easier to do it as you go do you do live marking in reception yeah, it's kind of very much with the children yeah. and then they kind of do their feedback but on there. So they're doing their corrections or their letter formation or number formation as we're going. Um, I Also, our children are in colour groups, so each book has got a little sticker on the side so I know which group is in which colour group and then I'll pile those books up, put the work on top, those books up. So if I've got a spare five minutes, I can just grab those books with those sheets quickly stick those ones in yeah no that that's really good so much about being a great teacher so you can actually spend your time teaching and not being stressed and fretting mm. about things you haven't done is just being organized isn't it totally definitely yeah when you've got everything like you said you've got art tomorrow it's ready we're ready yep. to go um, I can have a bit of a lie-in tomorrow morning. <laughs> absolutely, and that's what you want, especially on a Friday, of course. Exactly, especially I... when you think it's a Friday, but you think it's a Thursday. Yes, <laughs> of course. So those those are anything else for the classroom that you think is uh, essential? Um, don't be afraid to ask for help and support because everybody has been either an ECT or, or maybe not an ECT, but an NQT They've all got those burning questions that you've asked. No question's a silly question. Just ask it because if you've if you're thinking it, somebody's thought it before you. Even just as much as where's this paper for the photocopier? No one, no one's going to like laugh at you because they've all been new. They've all it, been there before. Exactly right. I, one of the trainee teachers today said, uh, "Jeremy, can I ask a question? I, I think it's probably a silly question." And it wasn't, of course. And I said to her, it's guaranteed not to be silly. And probably half the people in the group are thinking what you're thinking. Definitely. And, and it is odd, isn't it, that that so many adults start their question with, this is probably a silly question, but. Yeah. Where, where do we get that from? Because, I don't know. It's strange, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, it must be somewhere along the line Someone has just said, well, that's a ridiculous question. I know where I got my fear of asking silly questions from, and that was secondary school, where you were it? utterly mocked for yeah. asking questions that they said, we've already answered that crook. And I said, well, I know, sir, but I didn't understand, so I'm asking mm. again, hoping for a different explanation. Oh, ridiculous, just listen more carefully. And you thought, well, I've listened carefully, but I don't know what you're talking about, yeah. man. And and so I don't know if that's everyone's experience, but it is odd, isn't it, how we, hmm. we get to the point where, as adults, we say this is probably a silly question, but... Well, and, I'm and, sorry to ask. Yeah, but... <laughs> and the feeling behind that is I don't want to be made to look foolish. And hmm. I just, I don't, you know, that's hard to see where that came from, really, given that almost everyone says things like that. Very few oh, people yeah. ask a question, do they, and just say, can I ask a question? Yep. <laughs> just thinking because that's what we all do when we want to learn stuff yeah. yeah and you've got a good team around you totally yeah I've got well I'm the full-time teacher and then there's so there's three reception classes and the other two reception classes are job share so I'm actually with myself and four other wonderful experienced knowledgeable reception teachers and oh, a good bank so good. of LSAs in the team so it's yeah now I've been made to feel very welcome 
And I feel like I've been there forever. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Because team is so critical, isn't it? Because it's quite Thanks, a lonely yeah. job teaching. You're there, mm-hmm. like you said, you walked in and thought, crikey, is anyone else going to come in and take over? No, it's me. Yeah. Oh, it's me. That's it. And and like you said, when things go wrong, which they always will, then yeah. it can be quite a lonely job. And, mm. and having a good team where you can go and say, oh, how did that just go for you? Because <laughs> for me, it was a shocker or whatever. And and people don't judge you. They just go, oh, what's up then? Oh, come on, Lorraine, yeah. it'll be all right. Don't worry. Yeah, no, it's, they're, they're, they're lovely. So, Yeah, well, uh, talking about lovely. So is it important, you think, to make time to chat to staff? Yeah, I mean, hand up, obviously, COVID-related. I haven't been to the staff room for lunches but we make a point of going into one of the other classrooms yeah good sitting there i mean lunchtime the time the children have gone to lunch we've probably got about 50 minutes but we have a good half an hour together and then we go and set up our classroom for the afternoon or however long it takes but yeah just having that time away from your desk as such and eating your lunch and with other people so you yeah, can, we just, can just talk about anything as well and, yeah. and, it, and it may be school related but it so may not yeah because you just need don't you just that downtime so do you get enough time for yourself do you find you know um, you're, I know you're very experienced although you know you you've only just qualified you've got lots of experience but is there still I, lots of things you have to do and um I don't bring that much home with me which is quite nice because I like to get to work. I get to school about 10 past seven in the morning. So I have a good. Yeah, blimey, nice and early. Yeah, a nice hour and a half beforehand. So I kind of, rather than taking things home in the evening, I do them in the mornings and the school's quite quiet at that time. So I can really get my head down and, and get on. I have, I know it's only where, what are we? Three days into the new term. But <laughs> I have said to myself, right, I'm going to leave at half past four because I have it is about an hour in the traffic to come home. Mm. For well, me. that's a nine hour day, isn't it? You get yeah. there at and, half seven and yeah. and you leave at half four. That's yeah. still nine hours at work. And I know there's a bit of downtime, but anyone who's been a teacher knows there's not much. There's not a lot of downtime. So, yeah, so I've made it three days on the trot of leaving at half past four. So then I'm home. I've got time. I actually cook for the the family now rather than getting hubby to do it, which he doesn't mind, but I feel like I want to to do that. And then in the evening, I might just do a little bit of something on, we've got tapestry, which is our online learning journey journal. So I just sit on my computer, kind of do that little bit, but that's it. I don't really bring much home. And at the weekend, I just bring my weekly overview home and do that. So it's getting less work obviously September I just felt like I was not so much swamped with it but there was lots to do because I always wanted to be prepared for the next day so Mm. I just felt like there was lots to do but I think I've got into myself into a really good routine now of doing everything yeah it sounds like it and it was nice at Christmas I worked so we finished on the Friday I did my plans and everything on the Saturday and then I put the laptop away and I didn't open it until Monday of this week just to refresh myself which I haven't done for years because obviously with Skip there may be some little bits that you need to do or then when I was doing my open university that still carried on through that so it was just like really quite strange to actually have 
nearly two weeks off and not have to do anything. It was lovely. So important, though. So yes. important. When you think you do a 50-hour week, you know, people used to say to me, you've got all these holidays. I said, I know, but yeah. but you do a 38-hour week. I yeah. do a 55-hour week. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, when I get to the holidays, I've already done my hours. Totally, I, yeah. I do the equivalent hours that you do. And, and yes, you get five weeks holiday and I get 12, but I've done the equivalent time. It's not about... And I, and I probably spent this summer two and a half, three weeks in the school, just mm. prepping, getting everything ready. So Yeah, no, that's yeah. right. And, and yeah. most teachers do, don't they? They spend a week somewhere in the holidays doing stuff and they do stuff at home and... Yeah, and so I, think I used to think say that... to my staff, never feel guilty. Don't feel you've got to come in because you've yeah. done all your hours. And I'm not going to say you can't come in because if it makes you feel comfortable, you can, but but don't feel any guilt if you don't. Have a blooming yeah. lovely holiday. Come back utterly fired up and ready to ready teach to more great lessons, yeah. Yeah. So so what's the what's the one overriding thing if I if I asked you now just Say something to trainee teachers or NQTs now from your perspective about life as a teacher. What would you say? Give it all you got. Don't be afraid to ask for any help and believe in yourself, no matter what anybody has told you, because you can do it. You're important and you will shine and flourish and just be yourself. Yeah, that's believing yourself so important. I was struck when you said earlier, you know, always follow your dreams. And mm-hmm. uh, and I'm a bit of a quotes fan. I'm, I'm, I love reading about what other things people have said, you know, that are meaningful and summed up in a sentence or two. So so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions now. Who said okay. this? Ooh. Believe in your dreams no matter how impossible they seem. Famous cartoonist. Walt Disney? Yes. Oh. <laughs> and and who said this? This one you will get, I think, without any prompting, although the first bit you'll think he's got to be joking, I haven't got a clue. But this quote, if you lose hope, somehow you lose the vitality that keeps you moving. You lose that courage to be, that quality that helps you go on in spite of it all. And so today... I still have a dream. Martha, uh, Martin Luther King. It is Martin Luther King. <laughs> and, uh, and I have a dream. <laughs> that's it. I think you've inspired me today with those things you've said. I, I particularly love that, that comment you made about, you know, someone told me I wasn't up to it and, and I've blooming proved them wrong. Yeah. And, and proving people wrong, I always used to love it so much. <laughs> When my dad died, I ran the funeral. You know, my sister's a head teacher, and we ran it like a, a primary school assembly. And uh, one of my old teachers from the grammar school was there, and he said, uh, crikey, he said, that was remarkable. I've never <laughs> been to a funeral like that, and I think he was being positive. And, uh, <laughs> and he said, uh, I never realised how many qualities you had. He said, uh, I don't think we got the best out of you at school, did, did we? And I said, no, I don't think you did. So I said I was a runt and um, was quite reactionary to lots of things. I said, but no one cared, did they, in the school? So, 
if you didn't fit in, you just got your backside, well, caned in those days quite regularly. And there's that thing where you just want to prove people wrong, isn't it, when they say that sort of thing. But that, that of course, is a great quality to have because it makes you persevere. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think you're the epitome of a famous Mark Twain quote. And he said, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bowlines, sail away from the safe harbour, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. And I think that that's sort of what that yeah. sums up all those things you've said today, really, doesn't it? Totally. Because, uh, don't hold back. You've got one no. life. Go for it. Live every moment. Never yeah. say never. Just get on with it. Well, I must be doing something right because my daughter is now, um, she's going to graduate this year and she has got her place for Essex Primary Skit starting in September. Hey, wow. And she can't wait to be in your science class, so you're not allowed to leave. (laughs) Tell her I can't wait to meet her. uh, (laughs) I I definitely won't leave this year. So... uh, Right, so Lorraine, thank you ever so much for talking to me. That's been that's, okay. that's thank been you. so interesting. So, what now, listeners? What is the one small thing that you'll do tomorrow that will make a difference to your teaching and a difference to the success of your pupils? Remember, one small step at a time is the way to continual improvement. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. We will, of course, keep you updated on what's to come on Twitter at WhatNQT. So until next time, I'm Jeremy Crook, and this has been the latest podcast from What I Wish I Knew as an NQT.